Hello, and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business and Twitch of the Death Nerve. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks pa- Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. Also, please go check out these great sponsors. SX Coffee Roasters is available at sxcoffeeroasters.com, and they offer specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. They believe that you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and use the code CINEPUNKS, that is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you get 10% off. Another great sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, also probably the world. They are personable, professional, and the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. Go to XLVACX.com. And now it is time for the setup, which is the name for our the new name for our getting to know you segment. Um, and for this episode, uh, since we're covering a very brutal grown up movie, um, I am curious as to what Halloween horror movies are your favorite to recommend for kids during this most wonderful time of the year? Well, to put it in perspective, to start, I don't have kids. I'm an only child, so I'm not around kids. And I was watching, you know, things like Critters when I was a kid. So I could be off on what kids can watch. Critters is a good suggestion, for instance. Um, So I'm going to kind of go with some new things that I just saw that I think are good. Like uh, Hocus Pocus 2. I liked better than Hocus Pocus 1, personally. Um, I also just watched The Curse of Bridge Hollow which was super cute and maybe even a little scary for younger kids, but no blood, some light swearing, which I thought was fun as an adult. (laughs) Um, I thought it was a good time. Um, You know, classics like the gate monster squad. Those are good uh, things to bring kids in. How about you? What are your favorites? Uh, Yeah, I am always like a gate and monster squad Thing. I think those are great, like entry level, like, you know, like preteen, you know, like 13, you know, 12 or 13 mm-hmm. year old horror. Um, I definitely saw it probably when I saw those when I was probably like 10, which means like my brother was watching them when he was eight. Um, <laughs> and we turned out fine. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but like a, a lot of the ones that I've become a, a, a big fan of, uh, like in terms of like recent movies uh, is the animated movie Monster House. Um, oh, yes. I feel like that is like it's perfect because it's scary, but it's not too scary. It's animated. It definitely has some things that could probably lead to some kinder trauma. But like in, in a way that like if you if you have kids like you or, you know, you know, kids, you can talk through it. Also, like I really um, even though it is a little bit different from the John Belair's books I read growing up the house with a clock in its walls is like it's 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 not quite as scary and it's definitely more like fantasy adventure but like there's enough spooky stuff in it to to really work as gateway and it's mm-hmm. pitched low enough that would be great for like smaller kids um like who are maybe like still in single digits um and like both of those are just like they're they're fun for adults too which i think is the the important thing yeah 
for like kids movies is that you can also enjoy them if you have to watch them yourself as a yes. grown up. Speaking of one I forgot to mention is the Muppets Haunted Mansion that came oh, out God, a year or two ago. So good. It's maybe more for adults just with some of the jokes are just not going to land with kids, but Muppets always land with kids. Oh, yeah, like the the Muppet ghosts like not like yeah. ghosts of Muppets but like the ghosts Muppets like mm-hmm. are just like that's a that's a throwback to like the original Muppet show and I like seeing those just like made nerd me super happy but um yeah yeah that's that I can't believe I forgot that one myself like that's so good. yeah I'm glad I wrote it down I was like wait a minute I took notes on this that was the one I forgot and you know even like Goonies while it's not a horror movie it's not set at Halloween it's it's really gateway because it has some scary stuff in it dead pirates and whatnot and skeletons so I think it's a good gateway for younger folks too. Agreed. I'm also curious as to like what other people have to suggest for this. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, reach out on the socials if you've got like, like especially like if you have kids. And yeah, you, what are you like, showing your kids? And like, what do they like? What or even better, like, what if your kids shown you? Like, I, yeah. I feel like that's the cool thing about streaming. Is or get introduced to stuff by your kids. Like, did you accidentally scare your kids? Like, you showed them <laughs> something and they were like, this isn't scary. And you were like, okay. And you showed them something, you stepped it up and you went too far. <laughs> Tell us about that. That's funny. That is the story <laughs> I want to hear. Yes. Because look, we all had a moment where we went too far in something scary when we were kids. And we're all here. They'll get through it. They'll sleep with the light off again someday. <laughs> All right, next up we have a new segment because we do occasionally get to interview some horror creators, Nick more so than myself, but we've decided to add this segment called The Gate, and this is where we'll ask horror creators the same question. What was the horror that first hooked you? For this first installment, Nick spoke with director Eric Swellstad and Nick Baldessere of Heartland of Darkness, a lost horror film from 1989, which releases on November 8th from reissue label Visual Vengeance. Take a listen. Okay, so I'm Eric Swellstead, the uh, director of Heartland of Darkness, uh, about to be released. And for me, I think some of the seminal horror films that really affected me, uh, the first one, of course, I know it's a cliche, The Exorcist. I mean, it's so visceral. It's so realistic because it deals with exorcism, possession, and the fact that it's a a young girl, uh, the sound effects, the lighting, everything made it in my opinion, a perfect horror film. The other film that I would also put up there would be the exact opposite of that, which is uh, which was an ultra low budget film when it came out. And that is Halloween because Halloween was made for next to nothing uh, using available light in some, in some parts and just incredibly great story, which was one of the first about, you know, a knife and a girl. And it just gave all come together really well. The music works especially well in that film. So those are the two that I would pick. Uh, my name is Nick Baldessere. I am the uh, star in the soon to be, or maybe already released, depending on when you're watching this, Heartland of Darkness. Uh, also starred in um, Beyond Dream's Door. 
Asylum of Darkness, They Bite, and various other films. My first exposure to horror was at a very young age, probably too young. Uh, the, actually, my first movie memory is seeing uh, a Ray Harryhausen film called Earth versus Flying Saucers in a, in a theater. And uh, that, that's my earliest movie memory. So going on from there, uh, it was my uncle, I believe, who took me to see Alfred Hitchcock's A Psycho at uh, a very young age, <laughs> very young, impressionable age. That certainly had an effect. And uh, from there on, I got hooked into uh, Roger Corman's Edgar Allan Poe movies. Uh, I uh, was actually one of those people who, this is my proudest moment as a moviegoer. Uh, William Castle, when he did the movie The Tingler, which was made in the 50s, uh, when it was released to theaters, The Tingler, he put buzzers in the seats, right. which at a certain moment, the projectionist would hit the buzzer and it would buzz your butt and you would jump out of your seat like, what the hell is going on? I was actually in a theater as, as a kid uh, and saw The Tingler. <laughs> <laughs> so those were the movies of my childhood that kind of uh, made me the the, those and many others, but they made me the person I am today, which, you know, I'm happy about it. <laughs> so I don't have, I don't have any, uh, any sort of complaints about, about uh, those influences. And now it is time for New Nightmares. This is the roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. Uh, not a lot this week, but um, I think we have a lot to discuss with our feature yeah. presentation. The uh, fire hose of news has become a trickle, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, what do you got first? Okay, starting off, this is something that came out after we recorded and before we dropped the last episode. And it was just such a tragic miss for the last episode, which is oh. the tra the new trailer for the movie Megan. Um, if you haven't, if you are a horror fan on the internet, I'm sure you caught this, but if you haven't, you have got to seek this out. This is the new Blumhouse James Wan tech horror movie. It'll be in theaters January 13th, 2023. So Megan is an artificial intelligence lifelike doll that's programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. Digitally designed by brilliant toy company roboticist Gemma who's played by Allison Williams who you'll remember from Get Out uh, Megan can listen and watch and learn as she becomes friend and teacher and playmate and protector for the child she's bonded to so in the clip you see her uh, befriend 
Jenna's eight-year-old niece, Katie, and then you see her start to turn as we all, I mean, come on, we all know we need to be more careful with robotics and AI, and this Megan trailer is going to drive that home, but it looks awesome. I was on the fence about this movie when all we had was the poster, but I am 100% here for it. When that doll takes off her sunglasses, David Caruso style, <laughs> yes. Um, there is, oh God, I was reading something. Um, uh, Jason Pargine, uh, who, uh, the writer, uh, his new John dies at the end book came out this week, uh, entitled, um, if this book's, ex- if this book exists, you're in the wrong universe. <laughs> um, and, um, there's, uh, he, he did a thing where it's like the 12 weirdest and or creepiest facts that he knows. And one of the things he brought up is called, uh, Rocco's Basilisk, um, which is the idea that like, like artificial intelligence will eventually exist and get so smart that like it starts, uh, it will create smarter and smarter versions of itself until there is a super intelligence with godlike omniscience. And once oh, it exists, no. it will see its own existence as the ultimate good and thus seek to punish any humans who are aware of its potential existence, but failed to bring it about. And I feel like this is like that mixed with like Skynet. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's all that plus the doll lives firmly in the uncanny valley of <laughs> almost looking human, but not quite. January is going to be amazing. <laughs> so many dance gifts. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. If you haven't if, if if you've seen them now you know what they are. Yeah. I've watched this trailer so many times. I know. I keep showing it to people. <laughs> um so uh also like in that like post recording <laughs> before we released the last episode, we got the full trailer for Wednesday. Um which like they were just like they were pimping it really hard by like saying there's going to be a big reveal in it and everybody thought it was like going to be Christina Ricci um which everybody knew but you get to see like she plays a teacher named Marilyn Thornhill mm-hmm. but the big deal was that uh we found out that Fred Armisen is playing Uncle Fester which uh, yeah. I am amazed they managed to keep that quiet I'm surprised right? like I didn't even know he was part of it Mm-mm. no and and when you see it like looking at him even the picture, I wouldn't immediately be like, that's Fred Armisen. But as soon as you hear his voice, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Fred Armisen. Yeah, no, um, I'm a like, and I like the fact that he's not so much doing um, he, he he's not doing like the Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. <laughs> one. Um, like he's doing Jackie Coogan. From yeah, the he, series. Yeah. He seems to be the absolute, I don't know, you don't need comic relief in something that's already a comedy, but like the silly relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not black comedy, just like it's silly. Yeah, just pure silliness. Love it. All right. We did get a new fresh trailer uh, this past week, and that is a trailer for Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson's Something in the Dirt, which will be released theatrically on November 4th. This is like a sci-fi. I mean, a lot of their stuff is pretty sci-fi based, so that's not surprising. Uh, The synopsis, and pardon me for the cold that I'm still fighting, trying not to cough and sniffle on you all, but here we are. Okay. The synopsis. Levi, who has snagged a no-lease apartment sight unseen in the Hollywood Hills to crash at while he ties up loose ends for his exodus from Los Angeles. Oh, that's who it follows. Sorry. He quickly strikes up a rapport with his new neighbor, John, swapping stories like old friends under the glowing smoke-filled skies of the city. 
Soon after meeting, Levi and John witnessed something impossible in one of their apartments. Terrified at first, they soon realized this could change their lives and give them a purpose. With dollar signs in their eyes, these two eccentric strangers will attempt to prove the supernatural. And this is uh, Benson and Moorhead's, this is really their quarantine film. This is the two of them and their producer, largely, that's all that's involved. I got to see this. This was the secret screening for uh, Chattanooga Film Fest, and it's really good. It's it's a small film that gets large in its ideas, and it and it's surprisingly funny as well. I feel like that's a like a Benson and Moorhead staple, like mm-hmm. all, all of the movies. Like, and I, I I appreciate the fact that like a lot of their movies deal with uh sort of like the nature of reality but also like how you can capture it like like the idea of like film and photographs and things like that pop up a lot like especially in like their first movie um synchronicity is that what i synchronic synchronic thank you that was their most recent one i'm thinking of their first movie and i can't is that the spring or in the endless no, it's the one that came before the endless. <laughs> uh, oh, I just God. had there. Is it resolution? No. Yes. Yes. There we go. Yes. Okay. Oh, my brain is not working today. Um, but one yeah, uh, resolution like is just like bonkers. Um, and brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very very excited for this, and I'm jealous that you've already gotten to see it. Yeah, but that said, I do kind of want to go see it in theaters because I watched it virtually but i bet it looks awesome on a big screen because it, it does get some cool effects also i like the fact that like basically like it 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 has it gi- it's giving me nope vibes but in a mm-hmm. different way yeah it's like a a small scale nope <laughs> and they're oh. feeling less nope about it you know they're more like yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's go yeah <laughs> Um, if you are a fan of horror movie scores and things like that, you are probably familiar with J. Blake Fischera, Fischera, um, who has written two books, um, called Scored to Death and Scored to Death 2, um, where he interviews a lot of the, um, notable composers within the horror realm. Um, he also did a, a podcast for, for a while on that, and he is now trying to turn this into a documentary film. Uh, and there's a Kickstarter going for it right now. Um, it will still have a few days to go when this episode drops. It ends at 11 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, November 1st. Um, and uh, it is an all or nothing one. And as of this recording on Saturday, the 22nd, uh, he's at just under 16000 of the $40,000 goal. But there's a lot of really cool... Um, things you can get like get it on blu-ray or you can get it like a he's got like a compilation album that's coming out uh, with a lot of really great folks on it and get that on cd or um lp if you're willing to pledge some serious coin um but uh yeah check it out it it i'm very very excited about this it looks really cool it's worth going to watch the little clip and seeing if it's something you might want to back because it looks really interesting. All right, next we have a, an exciting announcement for found footage enthusiasts. Um, the Hell House LLC franchise will be getting a new entry and it will be an origin story, Hell, Hell, Hell House LLC origins, the Carmichael Manor. 
Now, I'm not a huge found footage person, but Hell House LLC really scared me. Like, I've seen the first two. I didn't watch the third one because, like, I got to be in the right place because I find them really scary. And I need to be, it's got to be kind of daytime and some, you know, with some wind down time before I try to go to sleep <laughs> after watching them. Because it's really, I think it's a, a found footage franchise done really well. And the clip they put out, it's like a three minute clip kind of explaining where they're going to go with this origin story. Um, it makes it, it's going to look a lot like the other ones. If you haven't seen them, they're like a, a documentary surrounding the found footage so there's experts talking about you know framing the story up for you which i think is kind of what helps it really move along um the first chapter of what will become known as the hell house origin films follows a group of cold case investigators who stay at the carmichael manor site of the grisly and unsolved murders of the carmichael family back in the 80s after four nights the group was never heard from again what is discovered on their footage is even more disturbing than anything found on the hell house tapes which is saying so, something. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. So you've seen these as well, Nick. I have actually, I think I've only seen the first one. I I don't know why I haven't seen the other two. Because I'm like, I'm a big fan of the first one. But I. Yeah. My fear was the second one wouldn't live up to it. Like, I liked the first one so much. I was mm. like, the second one's not going to be as good. It was pretty good. Like, it's not as good, but it's it was really good. I've heard good things about the third one too, which is why honestly why I'm hesitant to watch it because it is so scary to me. Yeah, they're like terrifying in like a really special way. Like yeah. where it I I think it's because it's it's the documentary approach to it as opposed to just like opening titles and end titles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it present it, it frames it and gives you like backstory and yeah. expert opinions and stuff like that. It's and the people that they found to be like the documentarian experts really work. You know, sometimes you get those and you're like these. You can really feel the acting, but they they got people that really feel like you're like, wait, a minute, is this real? This really kind of feels like an expert. Uh my favorite are when they get like actual experts on stuff. There's some like faux documentary that came out a a, a while ago that has like Grady Hendrix in it. Oh, uh, and it's just like that lends it credence. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, like he's an expert on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is related to uh, our feature presentation this week. <laughs> Man, I can't. I am so tired of this shit. <laughs> Pardon. Um, so there are a bunch of people who are very upset about how Halloween ends turned out. And so nice. they have put together a change.org petition. Now, here's the thing. Anybody can make a change.org petition. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like the number of like people who have uh, sign this is uh as of right now 10,722 um people uh, i'm sorry like it is going up as i look at it like it's taking up by like one every couple of seconds it is yeah driving me crazy anyhow so the petition <laughs> is entitled halloween ends reshoot uh saying halloween ends was not a film that the fans wanted exclamation point this was an origin story the Corey story we deserve a mer- movie worthy of michael myers and the halloween franchise we love this franchise wholeheartedly and this version of a halloween movie left us sad mad disappointed and infuriated infuriated is capitalized uh, please give us a movie that shows us what halloween is really about our apex predator the king of slasher movies michael myers 
This movie gave us a weak, pathetic Michael who needed his mask to survive. This isn't our Michael Myers. Our killer is strong, relentless, and unstoppable. Please write this wrong. We beg of you. Guys, this is not what change.org is for. <laughs> also, like, 100%, like, if you don't like a movie, you don't have to ever watch it again. It's great. No. And and creators of all sorts don't owe you anything. If nope. your favorite band makes an album that's a departure from their sound, that's they get to do that. That's their thing. If you're if a director takes a franchise you like in a direction you don't like, sorry, man. That's yeah. their choice. Also, there've been like four different Halloween timelines like over like the last like 40 some years. Like it's It's a real choose your own adventure at this point. Yeah, like there's there there are people who like hate the thorn cycle like i mean like every every horror franchise that's been around this long and had this many incarnations like there's a bunch of different stuff like if you don't like here's the thing if you don't like it it go watch the other ones like it's fine like you've got options like if you want strong relentless killer go watch the halloween the 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 rob zombie ones yeah and wasn't there a change.org for halloween kills as well from some firefighters who didn't like the fact that he killed firefighters I'm sure. I'm sure I there, think was. there was. I just, I just feel like there's like people. okay. Well, let's get the babysitters together to tell them to stop killing babysitters, man. <laughs> this is oh god. This is the, the Snyderverse all over again. <laughs> you know, oh, we're gonna get it's here. it's hard to be a fan sometimes because other because fandoms are so toxic, and this is just evidence of toxic fan fandoms to me. Like it just is. Like, calm down. You don't own it. Yeah, it's not it like I understand like you feel a sense of ownership because but it's it is it is it is still ultimately a product. Yeah. All right. Moving on to a different kind of toxic fandom, I suppose. And and bringing back a semi recurrent segment of Nick and Julie don't know what they're talking about because this <laughs> is video games. Um, Konami has officially revealed remakes, a remake of Silent Hill 2 with new games and a new film. Look, I'm going to kind of glaze over this because I don't know anything about video games. Silent Hill looks really cool. If I played video games, I would absolutely play this one. Uh, And it looks like this is several games. There's Silent Hill Ascension, Silent Hill F, Return to Silent Hill. No, that's the movie, maybe. Anyway, there's going to be another movie. I didn't see the first movie because it it was a video game movie. So I thought, oh, it's not for me, even though I probably could have watched it and it would be fine. And I could probably still watch it. Um, The universe looks really cool in Silent Hill. All that mist and everything. I don't know. Do you have any insight on Silent Hill, Nick? Uh, I I have like I have friends who have played it and I've like watched like things like that. And it's very creepy and it's very atmospheric. And I saw the movie and the plot is terrible, but it looks Mm. great. Like yeah. it's like one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, oh, this is like one of those that I would probably be enjoying a lot more if it was just like muted on a TV at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like where it's just it's just like unspooling and you can see it and you don't know what's going on rather than having to worry about like the plot of it whatsoever. But yeah, like these are legitimate like the Silent Hill uh games are like ones that are legitimately scary. Like they are, yeah. they're uncomfortable in a, in a way where like, I, I see them as like video games you want to play when the sun's out. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than yeah. It. yeah. It looks cool. If you're into it, it looks like you're going to have a lot of content. I don't know. Maybe we need to get a gaming correspondent. <laughs> the film, I think it's the same director as the first film, Christoph Gans. Um, 
So if you liked that style, then it's probably going to be the same style. I watched a portion of this six minute clip with him talking about it. He seems stoked. So usually that's a good sign. I mean, I guess anyone who's going to make movies seems stoked, but he seems genuinely excited to come back to it. So, so yeah, maybe we'll get into it. Somebody sponsor us a gaming scholarship. <laughs> it's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Now it's time for our feature presentation. In this episode, we're talking about the controversial and divisive Halloween Ends, directed by David Gordon Green. Four years after her last encounter with mass killer, Michael Myers, Laurie Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Laurie finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil she can't control. This might be the first one that we have been... I don't... I don't know if strongly divided is the right term, but I, I think we feel fairly differently on this one. I yeah, it was if you saw my tweets about it, my my opinion has softened in in, in the week since I watched <laughs> it. But maybe we're it, coming together in the middle. Then. <laughs> Meeting in the middle. Yes. But um, yeah, I would definitely say like it. it is a movie. I think if you are a fan of the halloween films like you will have a very strong reaction upon your first viewing regard regardless of what direction it's in mm -hmm. i feel like my main reaction was i guess confusion like i i didn't hate it i liked it as it, 
here's what I think. I think they were going in the direction of Halloween 3, trying to pick up a new concept. Great. Fine. But then they still put Michael Myers in it. You, you can't have your Halloween 3 and your Michael Myers 2. Also, <laughs> you know, you got to, if you're going away from him, drop him and just be like, haha, it's Halloween 3 again. Gotcha. Which everybody hated at the time. And looking back, we can admit it's a great movie. It just doesn't fit what we thought Halloween was supposed to be because it didn't have Michael Myers. I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say Halloween Ends is a great movie, but I think it feels like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, you'd have a good franchise going and someone would present, pitch a good horror movie and they, the studios would be like, this is a great story, but it's going to do better if we wedge it into our franchise. I think that's what we have here. It's like, this could have been a good standalone different movie but they wedged it in to the halloween franchise i feel like yeah uh all of the um like there are a lot of reviews out there who obviously like really do not care for this movie but the ones mm -hmm. i think that i give most credence to are the ones uh where it people are just like listen it's like you said it's a good idea executed poorly yeah and it's because it is the third film of a trilogy and like mm -hmm. you have to look at like I always look at like planned trilogies as being like the first movie is like the first act the second movie is the second act and third is you know the conclusion yeah. and like so it's you know it's one big long six hour movie and mm -hmm. I feel like this one really just like sort of like failed to stick the landing and it's one of those things that I think if they had done this for like, if this was Halloween kills, I would have been like way more into the idea. Like, cause yes. like if you're going to do a swerve, do it in the middle, like don't mm -hmm. do it at the end. Like, and I think that's what bugged me more than anything else. It was just like, man, like as much as Halloween ends, isn't like my, f it, I'm not like super hyped on it. I still like it a lot more than Halloween kills. Yeah, it had something, you know, like, I think if you could take your little film exacto knife and exacto knife out all of the Halloween lore, take out the Lori and the Michael and all of that, doop, 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 get that out of there. New characters in their places. Not even Michael, you just get him totally out of there. It's not a bad movie. I think people would like this movie if it wasn't Halloween, because it, it's a really interesting story. That kickoff, that opening segment with Corey babysitting this kid and what happens. And I don't know how much we're talking about spoilers. I feel like everyone can see this because if you have Peacock you can see it at home, but like, I mean, that really set the tone for like, Oh shit, this is happening. <laughs> that just happened. Wow. It, I don't know. Yeah. It, the movie is the definition of play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Mm -hmm. Well, and <sighs> Like, I really appreciate, like, a lot of the things they did with this movie. It's 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 a lot of fun. Like, there's yeah. a lot of really cool things that that happen during it. But again, like, it just it doesn't work as a Halloween movie, although like the number of memes that it has inspired are just <laughs> super Um but yeah, I would say like, like the way it starts out is just 
uh, it is a little on the nose. Like it opens with Midnight Monsters Hop, then the dad is like playing Takata and Fugue and D minor on the you know, yeah. uh, and then like the thing is on the TV, and then like like the first five minutes are so like eh 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 like uh trying to get fans in that it kind of bothered me, and then yeah, uh, it's real heavy handed with its fan service and the the memoir bits are so um there's so, like the sex in the city meme. yeah you know what though i would watch an entire lifetime movie where Lori and frank fall in love over the produce section at the grocery store and go and see the the cherry blossoms in tokyo i would watch it i would i would um but um there are also two montages in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, is weird because you're putting in so much fan service and but then you're also like, well, maybe people haven't seen the rest of the franchise. I think we need to go ahead and just assume that they have or they need to see it or they'll figure it out. They don't need the montages. Yeah, one montage is 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 a bit much. Like like I feel like a lot and I think that's actually been kind of my problem with the the various installments in this uh the david Gar- gordon green trilogy is that it it's a constant need to remind people of the original halloween mm-hmm. and like it's just like well yeah like either accept that your your fans have seen it and just like use that as your jumping off point or like like don't you can't go back and forth like you're trying to do fan service and also try to pull in new fans and it just yeah it comes across as muddled um which sucks because i mean like again like there are parts of this movie that work really well and like the idea of like a, a kid getting hounded to the point where he he turns into something horrible is like definitely has some great ideas i mean like a movie about a new like masked killer showing up and hooking up with the granddaughter of somebody who survived a masked killer 40 years ago. That's the, that is a, like the nugget of a really great movie. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Laurie Strode. It doesn't have to be any, like you could just like that as a movie is something that you could do a lot with without having to have all of the Halloween backstory. You could go a lot further, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I also I think where this movie falls down for me is where every every version of Halloween that I don't like falls down, which is where they try to explain why Michael is how Michael is. We can't explain it, you know. Like they don't they disguise it as I don't know him passing the gift along or something. I don't, but it. But that sort of is an explanation, like somehow this evil came into him. And I just think, don't, you know, don't try to explain it. You know, I think this is the same thing I didn't like about the Rob Zombie one, except, you know, in addition to just not being a big Rob Zombie fan. But like, (laughs) just trying to explain him, why? Just leave it alone. Just let him exist in this. We don't know why he's like, that's why he's scary. Like, why is he like this? Why is this happening? We don't know. Like, that's what makes it scary is that you don't exactly. know. Like, I, I, I feel like that is sort of like a modern interpretation of slashers where it's like you have to give them a backstory and you have to tell them, like, this is why they turned out this way. And it's like, mm-hmm. listen, like, I've 
watched Black Christmas a million times and I have no idea who the killer is or why they do what they do. And that makes it in every time I watch it, like I get shivers and I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Or think of something even newer, like it follows. Why did that? Why did that happen? I don't know. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, know it, how it spread, but we don't know why. Where did it come from? I don't know. And we knowing know. doesn't make it any more scary. It usually take like there's usually always something mildly unsatisfying about yeah. like the explanation where you're just like, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, well, then I could defeat that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can defeat that with therapy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like again, like there are some really like cool bits. Like the the scene in the radio station is, I think, mm-hmm. up there as just like one of the better bits that's ever been. Uh, like like slasher movie scenes where it's over the top, but mm-hmm. like done really, and it's clever. And this is the music nerd in me is that when the needle on the record starts jumping it is jumping to other songs that are on that side of the cramps album and i was just uh, like you hear nice. like little snippets of other songs and i'm just like oh that's there's maybe like a couple dozen people who are watching this going like oh good good one yeah yeah that's that's where <laughs> it would have landed yeah good. yeah yeah see i missed that entirely but that's a great <laughs> detail but um again like i don't I, like definitely like watching it i was just like a lot of eye rolling going on but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean if you can detach your brain out of it being a part of the halloween franchise if you can detach away from some of the silly bits of it it's fun it's got some fun kills it's it's got big grease two energy with the he Corey gets a motorcycle i mean he doesn't have to learn to ride it he already knows but it's still <laughs> like this motorcycle he's a cool rider big grease two energy um that's fun i do think also and not just because of the sewer bits that it really leans into some it mythology because the town has very dairy vibes like this whole we're gonna we're all have been so traumatized by evil that we're just gonna let evil grow and we're gonna you know look you know not look past people who need help we're gonna make everyone's lives worse because our lives suck like this this town with an infection feels like dairy. Um, I, uh, our, our, our friend Bredo, uh, who tweets at uh, weird underscore underscore machine, um, <laughs> did a, did a live tweet of his viewing of Halloween ends. And it is Worth noting, He has not seen the other two modern ones. That makes it so much better. He asked if he could go ahead and watch this one. And I was like, Oh yeah, there's flashbacks. You can watch, you'll, you'll be fine. But like the point that he made uh, that I think bears mentioning is that there are not the the bullies in this movie are not jocks. They no. are in, they are in the marching band. Also, why does the head marching band bully in Haddonfield, Illinois, have a New York tough guy accent? Why does why does Corey's mom have a Pennsylvania accent? That's an excellent question. Yeah, the accents in this movie had me very confused. I'm like, Haddonfield's in Illinois, right? Yeah. Like, also, what what is your interpretation of the other man that lives with Corey and his mom, who he doesn't call dad, but who is older, but who isn't treated like a stepdad by the mother? 
Is this a brother? Is this a stepdad? Is it an uncle? What is that? I believe, based on everything I've read, he is supposed to be the stepdad. Okay. Um, but yeah, they don't really do a great job of like drawing, like making a lot of connections. Um, there was something I think it went up on bloody disgusting. Um, that's a it's a it's a review of the the novelization of this. Uh, and they're like, oh, it works a lot better. Like it, you can see, you, like when you read all the stuff they cut out, you're like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. And I feel yeah, like maybe worth exploring. Which is, which is so funny because like this is the longest of the three movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, if they yeah. cut out those montages, they'd have room to explain some stuff. <laughs> and if they cut out all the random motorcycle riding, like I like that. It looks really cool. But like, if you need the time to explain some things, use it to explain some things instead of. To watch, to have us watch Corey ride his motorcycle around. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, like, uh, I, I, I think the, 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 the thematic thing that does connect all three movies is that the people of Haddonfield are kind of shitty. Like, oh, they're assholes, man. <laughs> like, 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 I feel like I can say this because the city of Haddonfield doesn't exist. Um, yeah. so like, I'm not actually gonna get canceled or anything for, <laughs> for like like coming after a, a, a small town in Illinois, but like, yeah, man, like everybody in this movie, like everybody in these towns are just like, they're just dicks. Like they're just not pleasant people. Like no. they're, they are petty and mean, which I guess um, based on my, my, my wife's stories of uh, her time in small town, uh, like middle of the state, Illinois, true to true to form. That's too bad. That's, you know, us mis- us Midwesterners are known for our niceness. Yeah. Um it I'm not upset I watched it. Um I definitely like walked away with it. For, with, like I definitely have more to say about this movie than I did about Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills yeah. was just like a movie where I was just like why does this exist? Yeah. I mean, I watched it twice cuz I wanted to really understand it to talk about it. And I've been sick. I wanted to watch it in the theater, but I haven't been able to go to the theater. Um so I would still go again and watch it at the theater. I would still watch it a third time. I'll still buy it when it comes out. I own all the other Halloween movies, including the Rob Zombie movies, even though I don't watch them. It's my favorite franchise. Michael's my favorite. This is not my favorite version, but I did have fun with it. I thought there were some fun parts. I thought there were some really stupid parts. I thought it was really dumb that the woman who's having an affair with the doctor still calls him Dr. Such and Such. his name. <laughs> I had a real problem with Lindsay reading tarot while bartending because you're not giving good customer service. You're not giving a good tarot reading and your cards are going to be disgusting. Bad all around. <laughs> Little nitpicky things, but there's also some cool stuff. There's uh, some cool kills. Yeah, it's it is a movie that I think I think a movie that at least it's trying to do something and it's trying to do something new. And mm-hmm. while I I'm not going to go so far as to say it fails at it. Like, while it doesn't succeed as, as, as well as it might have, like, at least they tried, like, and I have to give them credit for it. Yeah. And it makes it, it, it's at least interesting and something to discuss. Um, Almost yeah, it, they didn't try hard enough, you know, like they tried and then they were like, well, we have to be gentle with this because people love it. And they should have just fully fully gone fuck the fans and did what they wanted to do maybe maybe that would have been more interesting oh yeah like um 
I feel like most people who are listening to this have probably seen it and are just listening to hear what we have to say on it rather than yeah. trying to decide if they should see it for themselves. Um, I mean, if you have Peacock anyway, watch it. Yep. If you already paid for Peacock, just watch it. Uh, I feel, um, and this is a little, I guess this is like as spoilery as it gets, but um, I feel like honestly, like if they had killed Michael Myers, like with like in like the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more like because then yeah. it just would like pull a pull like a, a weird like Friday the 13th thing and just like you find out like it's not actually Michael Myers going around doing it and like there's a big swerve and everything I that would have been yeah. just like just be like yeah even if they had just picked up like right where Halloween kills ended and we see him go off and die like that's anticlimactic for Michael's story and people would have been pissed but then it would have been more interesting for this story yeah yeah he like Corey goes down in the sewers finds the mask puts it on yeah and- finds the mask finds the knife finds the body and is like opportunity thing oh, um we I did like ask on twitter <laughs> what other people thought and we got some responses which we almost never do so we i'd love to share them they're uh, so great too yes it's just two responses i think we got but uh liam from cinepunks horror business cinema smorgasbord all that but his is just a gif of uh is that the critic yes is that the cartoon yeah the critic and it just says it stinks <laughs> it stinks it stinks <laughs> accurate and uh james from tomb of ideas another set of punks podcast said uh i'm pretty sure i liked it question <laughs> mark i like i like that the, what they tried to do to look at evil and inherited trauma would have liked more and more creative kills so I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like James is on to what we kind of feel maybe less enthusiasm of liking it from Nick. But it's an yeah, it is interesting how they're trying to look at inherited trauma, how a trauma can infect a town, you know, how trauma reaches everyone, not just the people directly responsible, you know, directly affected. Yeah. But But, uh, yeah, if you've got thoughts on that, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to continue this debate. I would anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, as we said, it is now streaming on Peacock and in theaters. Uh, we also have a couple of recommendations of mu- movies uh, that if, if you you liked this uh, or didn't like it, yeah. where else you can go? Um, my suggestions are obviously Halloween 3. Um, mm-hmm. like if you want to just see like a franchise be like, ha ha! uh and go crazy for the third installment uh and also uh i also suggest friday the 13th part five a new beginning if you want to uh see essentially what like i feel is going on here where it is uh someone else taking on the mantle of a, a a famed slasher what do you got julie for me, I'm going to recommend you go back and take a look at Halloween H2O if you haven't watched in a while, because I think I think it gets um, less love than it deserves. I think it's fun. And it was supposed to have been the end. Jamie Lee Curtis only agreed to do that because Lori killed Michael at the end. And then they backtracked that story to make the subsequent ones after that. But that could have been a nice wrap up. Maybe not as exciting for everyone. I liked it. Anyway, my other suggestion is prom night, mostly because 
both times that I watched this movie, Peacock tried to start playing Prom Night right after it. <laughs> and that's a good 1980 Jamie Lee Curtis film. Or, you know, it's just a good slasher to like clean your palate with. I revisited that like a few weeks ago and it is like the, I forgot how much fun it is. And speaking of, I don't know if this is a montage, like a dancing montage, just the disco dancing scene goes on so much too long. But to the point where you you move through, is this over yet? And back to this is ridiculous. And it just is fun. It's a fun one. And, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in her scream queen, scream queen prime, which she's still in. I want to point out she was still great in this movie. She has some great lines. She has not. 44 years later, learned how to knit any better Laurie Strode (laughs) than she did in 1978. But, you know, she took some time off to make a fortress. So those are our thoughts. Let us know. Yes. And now it's time for I'll Be Right Back, uh, where we talk about what we've got coming up in the next couple weeks. So you got any movies to see, books to read? Oh, Lord, I I didn't prep well for this this time because I've been so sick. I've been trying not to make plans. Um, Tomorrow was supposed to be my annual pumpkin carving party, but I had to push it to next weekend. Hopefully I'll be able to get to, as you can probably hear, I'm sounding much better. We wouldn't have been able to record this. even three days ago like I could not get through a day um so um probably gonna have that pumpkin carving party there is a double feature at Screenland coming up sponsored by downright creepy or presented by downright creepy of VHS 99 and Deadstream. so I might try to make that this upcoming I think it'll be the Friday after this episode drops if you're local that could be fun it's a double feature that starts at nine. So there's a good chance I'm only going to make it to that first film. <laughs> That's really late for me. Um, that and, and Screenland is then showing trick or treat on uh, the 30th and the 31st. I finished Rob's um, Sam costume. So I think that we will be dressing him up to take him to that for, <laughs> and, and let him be Sam. I'm really proud of the costume. So I'll post some pictures. Uh, how about you? What do you have coming up? um well i have to work tonight actually in about like two hours um so uh i i have been on saturday when i work saturday nights at the liquor store i have been putting it on amc which led to us a couple weeks ago watching like the first three final destination movies and uh, as part of fear fest today um they are showing a bunch uh they're showing nothing but friday the 13th movies so um my uh <laughs> my coworkers are going to be subjected to um the Friday the 13th remake, Friday the 13th the original and Friday the 13th part 3 cuz I usually don't put those on until like at least it's like after dinner cuz um I feel like putting it on at like three o'clock in the afternoon and like people coming in and seeing like uh, Jason goes to hell <laughs> might be a bit much. Uh, at least it's the AMC version so you know you don't have your <laughs> daylight titties mm, true 
Um, uh, also, like I've been uh, watching a bunch of stuff on Shutter, like as they've been dropping new things. Um, yes. I watched HS ninety nine, and fuck, it's so much fun. Okay, good. I haven't seen. I can still so. I don't have to have seen the other VHSs to watch that one, right? Oh, no. They're all just, anthologies. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like this one, like, they're all, I feel like all the VHS installments have, like, at least one segment that or two that are worth watching. And I, but I, I think this is the first one that is, like, no duds. There are some that are better than others, but, nice. like, this is the first one where, like, it's all, like, you'll enjoy all of them without being like, hey, um, yeah. uh, and it was, it's it's a it, it's it's just a blast and i feel like getting i i mentioned this on twitter but um the final installment is from the 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 winters the the couple who did dead stream and i feel like getting nice. like two things from them within like the span of a couple of weeks is just like it's a really nice like halloween gift yeah, i did watch like, dead stream and it was it was fun dead stream is fun if you like if you like horror comedies i feel like they're they're yeah they're it right now it's funny if you if you watch a lot of streamers i hear it's even more funny because it's it's making fun of content content creators influencers streamers um, um i am also oh go ahead oh i am going to read a book i don't know why i decided to pick it up um it's by thomas old uh Huvelt. um it's called echo uh which is after a terrible accident high in the alps travel journalist nick grievers wakes from a coma to find that his climbing buddy augustine is missing and presumed dead mm-hmm. um, and then like evidently he goes home and then like finds out that there's like terrible memories and stuff like that uh and i wasn't aware that this guy had written uh I, the name sounded familiar and i was like oh i've read something by him before and i forgot that it was a book i hated Oopsie. um so uh <laughs> maybe this will just be a hate read like every riley sager book i pick up so <laughs> um this is not what's coming up but what i did last night which is tweet along to joe bob's haunted halloween hangout and it was really fun and Thank you to our Twitter followers for bearing with me because I it might have gotten annoying, but it was it was fun. I only made it through maybe the segment of popcorn before I fell asleep. But I feel like we should probably like that went so well. Uh, yeah. Like it was very fun, like watching my phone phone blow up as you did that. So, um, yeah, I was like, this is the most engagement we've ever got. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll do that again with uh something coming up like. Let us know yeah. if there's if there's any things coming, like even if it's just like an episode of Svengoolie. Yeah. Maybe when Svengoolie finally uh, can get invaders from Mars, <laughs> finally gets the original, gets the, the, the one movie they have been unable to get the rights to during their entire series run, like for like the last like 30 or 40 years, <laughs> they can't get the rights to the original invaders from Mars. I feel like if that happens, that's like literally like worth noting. Yeah, for sure. We do have a new way to engage with us, which is that Cinepunk's got a Discord server. And if you want a link to that, just reach out to us. We're not uh, putting the link widely because we don't want bots in there, but we'll gladly send it to you with a, a message on anything you connect with us on. And it is uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be irritated by it, and it is uh, legitimately like just screwing around on there. Um, the great folks are recommending like great things to watch and like uh watch and listen to and yeah yeah it's gonna get real dangerous i think my my to be whatever <laughs> watched red list is gonna go crazy yeah for sure 
So uh, as a reminder, we do have stickers and you can email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com if you'd like one and we'll give you mm -hmm. an address to which you can send a self-addressed stump envelope and when we get it, we'll slap a sticker in it and send it back to you. Um, thanks to Sticker Mule for the sweet deal. And thank you for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage and we can be reached as Nick just said, via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or share your thoughts, please don't hesitate to do so. We would love to hear from you. All music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, my brother, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at Nodder, N-O-D-D-E-R dot bandcamp dot com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl, wherever you are looking for me. I also write for DownrightCreepy.com and ModernHorrors.com. Nick, where are you hanging out online? I am on the Twitter at NuthousePunks, and I am on Instagram at NicklausMouse, and um, you can find my writing and video stuff at Starburst Magazine, um, and also at The Pitch, where I am music editor and use that position to do things like things that aren't related to music at all like getting to interview kate winkler dawson um about her new show buried bones on exactly right and exactly right retweeted that uh, that's the most engagement i've gotten on twitter in like a month awesome um yeah uh, go listen to buried bones it's great it's her and paul holes Paul holes yay all right we will be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror. And we're going to be talking Henry Selick and Jordan Peele's stop motion horror comedy film, Wendell and Wild, wherein two scheming demons strike a deal with a punk rock loving teen so they can leave the underworld and live out their dreams in the land of the living. I'm very excited to get to watch this. It looks like it's going to be fun. And that's on Netflix, right? Yep. Netflix. Yeah. So watch it and then come and Tweet us your thoughts so that we can include those when we record. It's so much fun. Yes. But again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all next time, unless you join that Discord server, and then you can talk to us all the time. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, everyone. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.